Hello, this is the Grapevine Podcast and you're listening to our segment, To Run To Run, where we discuss different cultures all around the world and our experiences as third culture kids. Enjoy! Hi, I'm Lila. I'm Liz, and welcome to Grapevine Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about culture shock. Yes, so like, since a lot of, uh, a lot of ISM students and, uh, ISM students and us in general are like diplomats and we're expats like a lot of us have traveled around the world a lot and have felt the feeling of culture shock which is a feeling of disorientation experienced by someone who is suddenly subjected to an unfamiliar culture way of life or a set of attitudes so due to today's globalization and how tech has made it easier to travel Many people who, maybe not so much like us, who live in other countries, but people are definitely going other places, like studying abroad, for example, or for holidays, they go to new places, or like us, moving to new places. Yeah, so they experience culture shock, and like, there are many, multiple stages to culture shock. Like, at first, when people visit somewhere new, like, this tends to be like, uh, this tends to be during short trips. There's like this honeymoon period where you're infatuated with a new culture and you're like, oh, that's so cool, you know? So this is, usually tends to happen like during short periods of time. But that honeymoon period then uh, then turns itself to like frustration because like there's a miscommunication and like a lack of like the things you're used to. So this is when you... Uh, like for example when you're in public transportation or you're like for example for long language culture shock like uh, it's difficult to like communicate with others and trying to get used to like the, the new environment you're supposed to adjust to and then there's like the adjustment period which is basically when uh, you try to you start to accept like the culture shock and you like start and then go, it paves a way to the acceptance period when you like finally accept that this is a culture and you embrace it yeah Mm. and uh, a lot of times that you can find stuff like this there are many different ways to experience culture shock it's not just you know what you think with like language when you can't uh communicate with people it can because all countries are different and all cultures are different so uh some examples that we have is one pretty major thing, personally, is with toilets. When in Australia, uh, I don't, I'm not there that often, but I do know in Australia, uh, they don't, ne- they don't really have uh, squat toilets, and that's something that I've seen more in places like the Philippines and Korea. Yeah. So, like with squat toilets, it might be really confusing, especially to people who aren't used to it. Like. The idea of like squatting and like how to sit on it so uh so it's it might be really shocking to new places like i know like in indonesia and like uh, indonesia and like china like squat toilets are in every single bathroom so you kind of get used to the site but like in the u.s i never saw any squat toilets so uh it's it's really different same with like the idea of toilets in general with like water like for example, like water bidets. Like I don't know if you know, like it's like mm. the spray on like like white people. I don't want to generalize it to white people, but a lot of people You're allowed to a lot I, of people You're allowed to generalize use, white use, people. A lot of people use like tissues to wipe their like their mm. rear end, right? So like 
Yes, they're yes. sensitive areas. But like, yes. A lot, a, but there's like, the there's like, in Asian, a lot of Asian countries, they would prefer to use water instead and then use soap. And I know like the idea of using soap is like really controversial because since many people uh, think that soap can like harm the pH levels there, but at the same time, people think it's clean. So that can be a culture shock to some. Mm. And like the whole thing with uh, water bidets, it's also partly due to uh, like sewer systems because it's like in some bathrooms you're not supposed to flush toilet paper because uh, first of all it's bad for the environment usually and also because some toilets aren't really able to, they're not powerful enough. I don't know enough about toilets but they don't, I don't think they can be powerful enough and they can get clogged really easily and also using water yeah. is just more sustainable like you don't have to create the cotton toilet but paper. like i understand like why people would like refrain from using water bidets especially in public so since there's like two types of water bidet you know like the one that you're like holding on your hand and then you're using mm, yeah. it or the one that's already attached to the toilet like i heard this from my cousin just a side story real quick that <laughs> it's kind of gross but people after they take a like they poop out <laughs> they poop they like use the end of the water bidet to like wipe their anus or butt <laughs> it's really gross that is horrible like, <laughs> i've heard that happen and i've like seen it so like i think it also depends where you are yeah and in any situation people act like fools in the bathroom so like whether you use toilet paper or not someone's gonna do something stupid but also, on the other side of things, we've got the, um, you know, in Japan, they have those seats for heating. They also had that in Korea, which was good because uh, the winters could get very cold. And it was nice to have a heated toilet seat so that you didn't absolutely die. Uh, but it's also very confusing to use, in my opinion. Yeah, like... Other than toilets, like we can move on to toilet from toilets for culture shock. Mm, yeah. Like one thing that I found really shocking was like food the idea of food in general and how it's served. Like when I went to the US, I compare going to the US and like when I live when living in the Philippines here, like the portion sizes in the US are massive. Like you go to Texas, they're like mm. three times the size of what you would get here. Like if you want a burger, even in, even in America in general, like or like in Canada too, like in the Americas, like you would get a burger in Asia and it'll be like the portion will be half the size of what you get in the US. Yeah, it's this it's the same in Australia. If I go somewhere in Australia, usually I order something and I eat as much as I can and usually that's like half and then I give the rest to my mom because yeah. I physically cannot have that much food in my body. Another culture shock surrounding food is the idea of eating like raw food. Like when I went to Korea, it was really shocking to see that people actually ate raw beef. Like, I don't know what they called it, the one with like raw beef and an mm. egg in the center, a raw egg in the center. Ah. Uh. Yeah, I'm not sure what that's called. Too. I know I. But yeah. that was really yes. shocking too. I know and like about. the fact that like people ate like live octopus while it was like still moving. Yeah, my my dad 
sent my dad uh, was going out for like a business thing and he sent uh, my brother and I a video of him picking up a wriggling octopus and putting it in his mouth and eating it and I was like what are you doing <laughs> yeah so like I think it's really shocking like I've tried live octopus too and I was like it was a really like we treated it as How a, was we it? treated it as like an adventure rather than like like when we went to Korea everyone was like this is a normal thing so it's definitely like mm. it just shows like how many cultures there are in the world and like how different mm. everyone's uh, food and like traditions are and it's like really interesting eye-opening it was really cool yeah like when I went to Cambodia for like a school trip uh, we had we stopped the bus stopped to refuel or something and we were given the opportunity to try like I think it was silkworms crickets and spider like bits i ate a spider leg and it's not that bad yes i can say that confidently so like the thing with culture shock is i think the shock comes from the idea of what's normal and like the environment mm. you used to live in but that's always different because because like different places have like different as we said culture norms and traditions so that's where the shock happens so i think as like a global as like a global third culture kid it's it's like a lot of us nowadays understand how to handle such shock and we just respect them rather than like you know like rather than like hmm. being like ew yeah. that's disgusting but like more like that's cool i think it's it's also exposure yeah because people in some parts of the world like in every single country there are going to be people who haven't had the opportunity to travel and haven't been able to move places like we have and so we're quite lucky to be able to see all these different cultures and with that comes the ability to understand different people's traditions or different people's reactions to things yeah also like uh this might be like a bit out of it from like the idea of culture shock but it's the idea of also adjusting to like this new culture like you don't want to be the odd one out once you've already realized that mm. you've, you're seeing things different so it's like really important to adjust back to it yeah I just wanted to point mm. that out yeah all right so another thing about culture shock uh, that I sort of know a bit about is population density and I'm sure with us in the Philippines, one thing that we can note on is traffic, because Philippines does have some pretty bad traffic from time to time. And I have this story from when I first moved to Korea from, I think it was, yeah, from Thailand. Uh, I was with, we were with the real estate agent and she was driving us to one of the houses and she said, oh, I'm so sorry about all the traffic. And my family and I were all like, you guys are moving. This isn't traffic. <laughs> How can you consider this traffic? You guys are still moving. There's just a lot of you. Yeah, like in the Fili in the Philippines and in Indonesia, like in I don't know in like countries that, that don't have as good transportation systems or like they have a lot of cars in them. Like sometimes when there there's traffic, it's literally the just stopping on the road and just not moving. It's just there. The cars mm. is there. So that's like I don't know. Like one of the first things when people like come here, for, like come to uh, Manila is the first thing that they realize is like oh like how do you deal with the traffic and like going out there and like the idea of drivers like taking lanes oh uh, yeah like they take 
it's normal for here. Like, you don't really take planes in the U.S., so it's like safer to drive. Like, that's why it's. E- I think it's easier to get a driving license and to like drive in the U.S. than to like use your driving license here and actually drive because it's really a mess during like the highways. Yeah. Also, just to do with population density, I'd imagine from living in Korea, there's a lot of people. I think the sort of scale you can don't quote me on this, but I think the city of Seoul has the same like number of people as all of Australia or something like that. And so if you think about it, all those people in such a small area compared to in Australia with the same amount of people, but everyone's super spread out. So someone who's been living in Australia, going to Korea, I, it could feel like claustrophobic, I'd imagine. I don't really know, but I can definitely say that Australia definitely feels, you don't see as many people. Yeah, I have had the same experience. Like we went on a road trip to Oregon and like in Oregon, it's like majority far forest and like the city cities are like densely populated. So it was kind of like not, it wasn't, it wasn't like comfortable. It was like weirdly uncomfortable because like I'm used to having like this big city with like everyone like there and this one's kind of like, it didn't seem like a ghost town, but to me, I was like, this is like so sad, you know? <laughs> Compared to what you were used to, this is basically a ghost town and someone's like, this is peak hour. <laughs> yeah, so definitely. Uh, going back to the environment, the idea of like, or like going back to population density, we can kind of transition to like the environment of like living places. Like for example, weather and seasons. Like as a, as, since I've been living in the Philippines and Indonesia for basically all my life, a lot of the time, like I, it's only rainy season and like the sunny season, so. Oh yes, when I moved to Korea, I experienced seasons for the first time. And now I kind of miss it, it getting cold. I, w- I never knew how cold winter was going to get. I was like, winter, oh cool, you know, snow. Until I felt negative 15 degrees <laughs> in Korea. And then I was like... Oh my, it was actually, it, it does get so cold. And that's, I keep talking to my parents. I say, um, oh, I kind of miss like fall and the winter. And, and they say, really? Do you actually? Because it was pretty bad. <laughs> Yeah, so like the negative 15 was so, like, even 10 degrees was cold. Like, I found it shocking that that in summer they would count, like, I don't know, it's spring or summer, it was still 15 degrees in some places in Korea. And then they would be like, oh, mm. it's like fine, this is like summer weather, it feels so nice, you know, <laughs> invigorating. Oh, I was in, I remember this one day in Thailand, it got, it was very it was cold, in quotations, that day. Because everyone was shivering. Like, I remember meeting my friend at the gate to school. And she was shivering. She, like, grabbed my arm and she was shivering. And I was like, it's not, it's not that cold. Because in Australia, during summer, it's cold. So I would go back there when it was cold. So I had a little bit of experience in the cold. But then they were... It was, like, I don't know, 20 degrees. And they everyone was, like, shivering and people wearing jackets and everything. It was, like, it's not that bad. Yeah, so uh, I think it's time to move on to, uh, like, how to deal with, like, culture shock. I mean, we talked about it as we were talking about, like, a mini stories about, like, examples of culture shock. 
but like we haven't formally talked about how to deal with it so definitely one of the first things i would say is education and learning the culture like it's really important to to understand the different perspectives in the world and open your eyes to the countless of traditions and values and languages that each individual in the world offers and has. If you're going to move, not move, or maybe move or just visit, like you should know something about the culture of that place so that you're not completely blindsided, but also you can respect them and you can connect with them more. And also, uh, when sort of something that I need to remember sometimes is don't pretend that you're above culture shock because people like us who've been moving around all the time it's easy to be like oh I've experienced all these cultures and I'm, I'll be fine with it and it, you pro- it might be true you might be more able to deal with all this change but definitely don't try to push it down because it'll just make you you know it'll make you angry or like frustrated with how you're feeling and how things are so accept that you feel uncomfortable at times because it's natural you know yeah also when you're moving to a new place it's also important to like when you're adjusting to this new culture it's important to like talk to people about it you're adjusting to a new school a culture like talk to people back at your home country to like to remember to like reconnect and also to help you adjust and not shock you at once like they can they can help you and probably give you some advice Mm, like ease into it also one thing that is important to realize when you're in that sort of adjustment stage is don't try and compare it with your home country because one you're definitely biased and everything you see if you compare everything to your home country somewhere that you've lived maybe your whole life and something you have a great emotional connection to everything else will seem worse that's just the fact because you're connected to this place and so you have to realize that you're biased and uh every country sort of has there's someone in the country that you're visiting who loves their country you know if they went to your country they would hate it probably as much as you hate theirs because every country is unique and every country has people in it that love it and so you have to sort of get out of your own perspective and realize that this is someone's home these people have their have created their own culture and you're there to admire it and respect it and you're not there to judge it on how it is yeah definitely for sure also like try to Remember to travel open-minded. Don't, like I said earlier, it's important to just be open to like the idea of these things, like how different the world is, uh, and try to adjust to like the different cultures. Yeah. So I think although culture shock may seem bad, there's definitely some benefits and importance to culture shock. Like one of the first things I realized is that. Culture shock help you helps an individual become more aware of and understanding of the different cultures. Mm. Yeah, I've because def- all these trips that people put on to like travel to other countries. Yes, it's there to sort of see uh, monuments or you know must see places. But also, when you're there, you're going to encounter things that 
you haven't before. So it's automatically you're getting a new experience that can lead you, which is awareness in and of itself. Uh, also, when you go to another place, you can learn so much more, not only about uh, that culture, but maybe their language, or maybe stuff about working with people of different cultures. Because, you know, if you haven't traveled anywhere in your life, and you're in an area that might not be as diverse, like, this is how people grow up thinking that everyone's like them because they haven't seen it and so if they go out and get uncomfortable with someone else's culture they learn that not everyone is the same yes definitely for sure uh one another like usually culture shock comes with going to like new places so i think you could if once you embrace your culture shock like you realize that culture shock allows you to be able to make new friends more easily and try and understand like make more international friends since now you understand like where they're coming from and how they grew up so it's really like it's really a benefit like it's really beneficial for you as an individual to allow you to grow and like grow as a person mm. and grow as a communicator and communicating like communicating well with people of different cultures so that that's like for sure mm. uh, a point that I definitely wanted to make uh, like some of the things that we talked about before like the squatting toilets or like the portion sizes or things like that all those things part of culture shock is being uncomfortable and part of culture shock is sort of accepting and adjusting to it however culture shapes who we are as people so if you're entering a new culture it can be quite difficult to partake in the same activities, you know? And you can if you want to, and it will be a great learning experience, but you don't really have to. But don't pretend, don't act like it is weird or stupid. Like, you don't have to do things like eat live squid. You don't have to do that, but don't pretend it, don't say that it's weird and don't knock it because you don't understand it. Be respectful for other people's cultures even if you're not going to be doing that yeah so definitely i think from this podcast we learned that culture shock really can be beneficial and we learned ways to adjust and i hope you enjoyed the grapevine's third podcast bye everyone thank you thank you for tuning in this is torontoron from the grapevine for you we hope you had a fun time listening to this podcast and make sure to stay around for more